You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I was concerned that this episode was going to be, you know, two 30-minute chunks. The first 30 on Elmeron and the second on Trossard. And then out of nowhere, this guy Erling Holland steps up and, you know, luckily gives us something else to talk about this week. So yeah. um, I think we've kind of got the table set for this episode. Holland, Almiron, Trossard, right? What I like about Holland, too, is that I don't think anyone's talked about him so far this season. It's, he's he's no. flown under the radar, you know, and so I think it's... Uh, but no, I, I think that what happened this week with, with, with Holland is... I felt like I was joking with you before we started the podcast. It, it broke the fourth wall of, of sorts where there were people who... There are people texting me who don't even follow, who don't even like play fantasy, you know, or like just follow mm-hmm. that closely. And even they were interested in how it impacted fantasy. <laughs> you know, like right. what is it like when this one guy just cannot stop scoring? Like, how does that, how does that change the game? And I think, you know, I think you and I he's both like, are, he's like GameStop. Erling Holland yeah. is like the GameStop stonks scandal or whatever <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah. Where, and it, suddenly AMC, everybody who wasn't yeah. day trading on uh, on their laptop <laughs> is now suddenly like, hmm, maybe I could maybe I could play uh, the GameStop game. Yeah. Like how hard can FPL be? Right. You just uh, <laughs> you just you create a team and just Captain Holland every week. But I, I think it's it really is interesting what, what's what's happened there. And I, I think. Uh, you and I, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, both joined the, okay, I'm just going to Captain Holland every week and, and really not um, think twice about it. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have felt that way, but there, there's been a lot of um, sort of, I, you know, I honestly think like it's it's reasonable. It is reasonable to not have Captain Holland every week. You know, I mean, yeah. I think if you, if you look through his first nine weeks, right? Because there's, there's this kind of almost like you and I are actually, I think, kind of optimistic about the impact of Holland. And I think we should talk about that in a second. But I think even just if you look at his returns, there are other expensive, you know, highly owned players that have outscored him in certain weeks, right? So, you know, just looking through the first um, nine weeks, the season's actually eight because we don't have the game week seven. But, you know, game week one, he scores 13, Sal has 12. So, you know, effectively neutral there. Yep. Game week two, he has he scores five. Kane scores eight. KDB scores 14. Right? So there you go. There's second weekend, already outscored by two of the premium assets. Game week three, scores six, gets outscored by Salah with eight. You know, only two points, but enough that, again, it's not like he's just, you know, destroying fantasy. Game weeks four through six, he kind of does. <laughs> 17 <laughs> points, 17 points, nine points. Uh outpaces all of the other premium players during that during that window game week eight though which is the last game week before the international break 
only picks up six points. Again, it's incredible. I mean, the fact that he has a he has an attacking return in literally every single match <laughs> since he's joined Man City is r- insane. Even Salah when he joined was you know yeah. even like Mares and Vardy the year Leicester won the league were not this sure. consistent. It's it's remarkable. So, but in game week eight, he scores six. Uh, Kane, who by a, a lot of um, algorithms had Kane as the preferred captain pick for game week six, and Kane did score ten. Uh, and then you even had Son who scored nineteen points as well. And obviously mm-hmm. game week nine, uh, Holland scores twenty three, and that just that annihilates everyone. And, you know, and it's, it's really, and I think a lot of people, you know, there are people who, and you know, talk about the algorithms again, a lot of people felt like Sala was the pick this week and, um, and it was very reasonable, right? It was a, mm-hmm. they scored three goals in that match. I mean, it was, you know, we sort of thought that, that this one might be they a little scored in the hard the way, Josh, I think. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. It's like, it feels, it, it, isn't it interesting that all the high scoring matches that Liverpool have had this season have like prominently featured Firmino? Like he's really <laughs> yeah. like he's he's back yeah. in in a, in a weird way. Like he's unownable in fantasy, but also totally back. You know, so yeah. I think he's really trying to get into that Brazil squad. You know, and, and so he's he's got like he's got like an extra gear right now. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess the the point is I I want to strike a note of optimism about about Holland because I think even looking ahead to the next few weeks, there are going to be times when Holland alternatives really do makes sense. Uh, obviously you have game week 12 when Man City don't play at all. Uh, but you know, looking at game week 10, Man City's home to Southampton. You gotta, <laughs> you're going to have to captain hell on there. I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. but game week, game week 11 away to Liverpool. There's certainly at least an argument for going with somebody else. You have, um, Spurs host Everton, right? So I, I you know, a Kane or son would make sense. Um, I think realistically, I can't see myself going with Salah over Holland in a head-to-head matchup, right? Even even at Anfield, I just think I'm going to no. be going Holland in that in that case. I mean, it's really more yeah. about the Liverpool defense than 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 uh, Salah at that point. And I think the way you're talking about this is a good qualification of what you said earlier that we join the Captain Holland and don't think about it organization. Like, no, we are thinking about it, and this is what I bristle at when people talk about how Holland is detrimental to your enjoyment of the fantasy game. Like you don't have to think about the captaincy anymore. Well, I think you do like just because the, uh, the option of captaining Holland is obvious. Doesn't mean that you're not aware of it. You're not cognizant of it. And it's still not a factor in the game. Uh, you know, the choice is, is less difficult, obviously, which makes the game decision, uh, easier, less difficult, but it's, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not like you still have to, I mean, this is like almost like logic or philosophy. One still does have to take the step to make the decision to captain Holland week to week to week. So I just don't, I don't like the, just the framing of you're not thinking about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I haven't been thinking about it too much. Honestly, I've just been, I've just been, it's like rolling with the hot hand. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like that team is clicking. He's, he's on absolute fire. It's, you know, but, but I think, but but see, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it though. You've got logic. You're roll. You're giving me some logic. And if you have a hot hand, you're acknowledging that hot hand. It's not like you're turning your brain off it's not like you're you know some your your granddad who's playing fantasy for the first time and is like we said at the top of the pot like hey this is easy anybody could do it uh right and and somebody was commenting online like look at there are there are uh, major content creators out there you know mark southerns our our buddy from 
Fest NYC. We can call Mark our buddy now because we hung out with him in New yeah, York. Yeah, it's not, he, not like one captain- of the your boy things that we often just throw around on the spot. Our boy, Mark Southerns. He captained KDB this week and um, uh, Late Riser from FPO Wire, Captain uh, Not Holland. Content creators and other people are like, is it, are they, are they getting caught in this trap of thinking, like, quote, thinking about it and not mm-hmm. captaining Holland for it? Or, or are they thinking, I don't know if they, if they actually did not quote, think about it, they would just captain Holland because the choice is, it's not simple. It's clear is the way I would frame it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't, um, that's an interesting. I mean, like, I, I don't know that I actually think about it that way. I mean, I guess I, I would I would just sort of add or maybe that maybe to a, I mean, to a degree, I, I guess I agree with you, because um, historically, this is not anything new, really. I mean, we have had entire seasons where people have captained Sergio Aguero or Mo Salah or, you know, or some other option. I mean, the difference is how consistent, I mean, when I say every, every week, I mean, you know, let's, I mean, there's, there, there are probably like two or three seasons ago. I, it, it would not surprise me if I camped in Salah like 32 out of 38 weeks, right? Like, you know, somewhere in that range, right? Like eight, seven or seven mm-hmm. eighths of the, the season. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that it's, um, it's anything new. I think what makes it unique is the sheer volume of points that yeah, <laughs> that right. Holland is, is, is putting up. It just, it sure. makes it seem even more extreme. And I guess if you're not captaining him for some of these, then it, it I mean, honestly, like this Manchester Derby could have been a, a tricky match. I mean, I, I certainly captained him without any real hesitation, but I, I think that there was a, there was certainly a, I don't know. I mean, the, the problem was when you factor in the man, man, I hadn't played in a month. I think that it really, it was hard to, to come up with a story. For I mean, this mm-hmm. is, and I guess this is where because I, I don't want to sound like I'm in any way, um, um, you know, just because I I, th- I find these tools very useful, but I, I don't, so I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm um, in opposition to some of the analytical stuff. But I think that you, like there there has to be a moment that I don't I don't know if you can really like compute like when you when you look at Man United, you're looking at a team that didn't play a match since Labor Day weekend here in the United States, right? It has been like so long since they had actually played. Um, and so I think it, it was hard to know what kind of squad you were going to get. And I, you know, so I just feel like, I mean, and I, to a degree that was true of Man City, although they had, they did play one week, um, what, you know, one week, uh, more recently. And also that team is just a little more cohesive, right? I mean, you know, man, you had to have a new manager, they're integrating a whole a ton of new players. Um, so they, yeah. you know, it was kind of just, they, I'd say they had maybe the worst luck of anybody when it came to the postponements from the Queens passing that, they were the ones who were clicking. They defeated Arsenal. It looked like they were they were really sure. putting themselves together. And I think even the second half of that match, the fact that they kept fighting and scored <laughs> ultimately three goals in that match, a very good Anthony goal, excellent goal. And then Anthony Martial, of all players, you know, the two Antonys, Brandon, you know, this is uh, interesting. It's like Rome you know, all An- over again. Anthony, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the fact that they kept fighting, I was like, all right, well, this is, there's, there's like a, a note. Like, I feel like if I were a Man United supporter, I would... This is this would be one of the easier derby defeats to brush off. I think. I mean, the score Oof, makes it look makes I, it look tough, but I I just tread don't, I just lightly don't know. there, my friend. Tread lightly. They, I just don't. They know. got roundly destroyed. Uh, yeah, sure, but I mean, everyone's getting roundly destroyed. When Arsenal play Man City, they're going to get roundly destroyed. Like this is just what's going to happen to everybody who plays Man City this season. And I think you know Everton and Newcastle the next two weeks. I I just think let's. 
this is not a yardstick by in my opinion like them losing to man city is is like irrelevant as far as like the project of kind of mm-hmm. reinvigorating sure, I agree with that. goes you know yeah. so th- that's that's what i mean i guess and so you know but but back to holland i mean i i guess yeah I mean, you're talking about it in an almost like a like a like a, like how you sort of approach the game perspective and i and i guess my my the way i'm coming at it is more like just from on like a practical level, I see a lot of opportunities to not Captain Holland, you know, <laughs> over the next over the next few weeks. At least like the debate is not over. So maybe maybe we're ultimately in the same place because I the, the you know the, the conversation is not over. It's just this is a moment where you really have to do it. And I think if if you can even just put fantasy aside for a minute, what he's doing right now is so unusual and and the scale of it right like the the sheer dominance that we're seeing right now is so unique right it's like it's mm-hmm. a real like tell your tell your kid i don't want to say tell your grandkids <laughs> and be that cliche but like it's like one of those things where you can like 10 years from now you can be like oh man holland erland holland's first season in the premier league was insane right the way we talk about the the you know the mares vardy season right that was seven mm-hmm. eight years ago now and we still talk about it right because it was so remarkable and so yeah. to me it's like and this is one of the reasons I wanted to Captain Holland this weekend. It was like, I wanted to see this Derby. I was excited about it. And it's just like, like I want to be part of the project, you know, and like a way, like I want to be part of the Holland project. And like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's yeah. doing this every week and I just want to enjoy it. And I don't want to like, be like, Oh, this screws up my fantasy team. He's scoring three goals every match. You know, it's part of the fun. Josh, we have just gone through, I think like two seasons. I mean, most pointedly last season, where we were all begrudgingly captaining Sala week to week, and nobody right. really wanted to because his form was good. <laughs> Especially but in the second sm- half. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of fleeting. And you're just kind of like, well, who else am I going to captain? I might feel like historically. Yeah. And, and it was like captaincy decisions have been painful in recent seasons. And yeah. I'm with you. I'm like embracing the idea that we can sort of joyfully, uh, and, uh, joyfully captain holland and uh without reservation i guess is what i mean to say and you know i i think the the challenge then i think what fpl managers find that to be uh jarring or uh negative is that now the challenge is harder to gain an edge with your fantasy squad because now that the captaincy is you know week to week could is is probably solved for the short term you know suddenly now the arguments that we're having about sub eight million midfielders matter more than they they had uh maybe at the start of the season or at some point last season and that makes the game a lot harder it's not making the game easier mind you it's actually making the game more difficult yeah and i think that it's uh I, you know, even in the end, I think all the, all the wild cards, I, I don't think they've really worked out well for anybody, you know, the, the wild carding that's happened, you know, we, we, we're we all still traveling, you, you know, when you're on the highway, right, Josh, and mm-hmm. then you see the service road, that's just off to the side of the highway. And, right. you know, your, your two cars traveling side by side, one's on the highway and the other's <laughs> yeah, on the service like, I could fl- you In theory, you're like, I could fly <laughs> if I'm on that thing, right? But it, it never yeah. really works out that way. I yeah, feel you, like you that, that's a couple like, stoplights. Yeah. <laughs> particularly you and me, so you wild carded two game weeks ago. I still haven't wild carded. We're still neck and neck. And it's sort of like yeah. one's on the freeway, the other's on the, the service road. Yeah. What's the difference? It, I mean, the the appeal, though, is it, it is com- really broken up uh, the look of, of all these teams, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. sort of, 
Um, I mean, you kind of have the like, it's kind of interesting, actually. And I, again, I don't want to sound like I'm digging on the analytics card at all, but it, they're almost like I was thinking about this yesterday. They're almost like one team, you know, it's like it's like a Voltron, you know, it's like they mm-hmm. like you look at like the player. It's like it's almost like it's like 10 or in sometimes 11 of the same players in, in these squads, you know, and it's kind of, it's almost like if that's like a project in itself, you know, this sort of, you know, and so I think, I think when you look at like, Oh, like everyone's team looks the same. It's like, yeah, if you look at the Voltron of, of algorithms, you know, mm-hmm. like that, they have all linked up and they all have the same players. But I think overall, if I look at my mini leagues, if I look at even just like, you know, various things like the, content creators leagues and things like that. I'm seeing a lot more, you know, variety than I was before. And so I think that that's a real benefit of these, of these last two wildcards. And of course people are going to keep doing, keep doing wildcards, you know, over the next couple of weeks, yourself included. So, um, you know, to, so I, I guess, I don't know if we need to say anything else on Holland. I think we've kind of made our point here. I think that the point is just that it's, this is fun, you know, it's fun what he's doing and like, it's amazing. Just in, in, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And like, I, you know, if you have gone the other way, with some of his captaincy pick, you know, like if you've, if you've gone away from him the last few weeks and you're 4.3 million right now, like I, I feel, I do feel bad. like that is not a fun spot to be because it's, it's just a hard thing to, to, to recover, like recover from. But I, I actually yeah. think even, even, even then I would just be Captain Holland for the time being and trying to make up ground with other players. And right. I think that the worst thing you can do is double down in that situation yeah. and continue to yeah. not uh, to continue yeah. to try to go then against the grain, you know? Yeah. Game week 12 when, when, when Man City and Arsenal play is a great week to go against the grain game week 13 where, um, uh, Man City play, um, play Brighton. Brighton should be a little, little tighter by then and Liverpool go away to Nottingham Forest. So, um, I should just say forest cause I can never say the first part of that. Right. But yeah. Liverpool play away to forest. That's a great, uh, in theory opportunity, right. To go, <sighs> we got to, gotta, go we have to Salah. put a pin in that, Josh, we've got to talk <laughs> about Liverpool. So that, that yeah. like talking about the, the, the two lanes, the highway and the service road for the wild card. If I had yeah. wild carded, I wouldn't have Liverpool players right now. Currently yeah. I have Salah and Diaz, as yep. opposed to De Bruyne or Foden. So that, uh, yeah. And, and for me, where I sit holding Liverpool players, I have a lot that I need to get off my chest about that. Yeah. Well, that is, that is part of the main feed, the main feed of, of the main theme. I don't know, whatever the main topic for this week's podcast, Brandon, uh, outside of Holland itself, which I, you know, that is one of the, it's a case where I felt like it had to be right at the top because it feels like yeah. it's on everyone's mind right now. I mean, he had 23 points. Like that is, that is incredible, right? That's almost a Guero five goal level return, right? Three goals and two assists. Mm-hmm. Just remarkable. I mean, it's, it really is uh, incredible. What it, it, it feels I think like 105 BPS all told like tri- wow. you, yeah. <clears throat> that and BPS for the, for those who don't know is the scale at which produces the bonus points, which are doled out at the yeah. end of matches. And, I was rarely, if ever you see anybody get triple digit BPS, it's astounding, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, especially when you, when you include, um, uh, assist counting for less, right. That you chose like just how involved he was. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, onto our teams, Brandon, uh, you and I are both neck and neck right now. I am, let's see, I'm all out as I believe you are. I'm on Mm -hmm. 540 points. Uh, I'm at 127 K overall, uh, that will change a little bit tomorrow. I really would love James Madison to, uh, pick up, uh, 
like an early red, a first minute red from James Madison would really be uh, like chef's kiss. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's, let's see what happens uh, tomorrow. But, but, you know, feeling, feeling, you know, pretty good about my team. I think um, I, I have, like, like you were saying, I have some issues that I've got to resolve in my, I mean, I don't know, you know, the, my sub 5 million players aren't delivering, which is like a, you know, this is like a classic fantasy dilemma, right? Like how do you get the most out of the, your, your cheapest assets? And so, um, you know, that, that's something I'm, I'm thinking about a little bit, but you know, 83 points, uh, all out and, uh, up about 75 K I was at two Oh two or so something like that going to the, you know, the week and, uh, one now. So I'm feeling really good about the, you know, continued growth and, um, yeah, let's see, hopefully, you know, tomorrow doesn't knock me uh, back too much. How about you? continued growth i love it talking about our teams like they're like they're our like stock portfolio yeah yeah fantastic yeah yeah well, you gotta I mean, go I'm, on a podcast every week to talk about your team it kind of feels that way it does <laughs> yeah yeah we're we are we are high right now i had i'm finishing 81 points all out i'm at 539 total so i'm one point shy of you so you nick me this week uh one 1040 904 is my o- overall Rank so we're flying, feeling great about that. There were things that um, I really sort of like sliding doors moments for me this week mm-hmm. was yeah the Anthony goal against Manchester City. I I had not seen like the first thirty minutes of that Manchester derby. Ederson was putting on an FPL goalkeeper spectacle. And yeah. insofar as how does a goalkeeper astonish an FPL without having to make a single save? Well, he must have completed about 500 passes in the first uh, 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, and he yeah. almost had an assist, launched a ball like to the 18. That was, I think it was Bernardo at the end of it. But um, he was exceptional. And then Anthony unleashes that unstoppable shot. And then I have kind of like noticed like, the huge, big uh, rises that I've had in overall rank kind of depend on my Manchester City double defense coming through, Cancelo and Ederson. So yeah. I end up with two points uh, from Ederson and one from Cancelo. I feel like that was really where I could have nailed it. Of course, then Martial coming on and, and getting his brace made that double clean sheet wipe out even more fleeting. And that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, my my Liverpool players that we'll talk a little bit more about where where we move with Liverpool uh, in just a few minutes. But I think I kind of have to be okay with Diaz coming off the bench and finishing with four, and Salah with an attacking return. Okay, fine, whatever. It keeps me in good standing in my current great rank. So you know, Liverpool are kind of like not the worst thing that happened to me this week. Yeah, I, I think that it's. I mean, the Liverpool project. Yeah, let, let's. I mean, that, that that really is one of those things where it feels like a, an entire pod right there. You know, talking about yeah. the Liverpool project. But let's 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 table that just just for the moment. There's a question from Chancer. He says that there's a there's a point separating you both. Do you ever speak of your own rivalry, or do you park it for the sake of podcast harmony? I think that we. We do. I think that it's what I like. And this reminds me of a couple of seasons ago. We knew you and I were both uh, inside or right around the top 10 K. I think the rivalry is fun when we're both when it's a rivalry. I think that it's uh, when one of us is doing way better than the other. Um, we don't speak of it. Right. It's like, yeah, exactly. We don't really, I like if you like, I definitely, I can honestly say, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's honestly is for the podcast or anything, but I, I would honestly say I do not root for you to have a bad season. I, I, you know, it's like, I, I definitely, 
enjoy the podcast more when we're both doing well and it, mm-hmm. and it feels like a rivalry. It's fun that we're, we've been a point separated like the entire season, which is pretty crazy because our teams yeah. aren't even that similar, you know, I mean, our, you have, I have like four similar players this week, <laughs> and so it's kind of, kind of fun. Yeah, that it's working out. It, it is fun. I mean, I, we are very competitive and yeah. I think that that occasionally peaks through on the podcast, but like we do put on, our best faces when we sit down to do the yeah. podcast, but manners. I mean, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it matters. Yeah, like we. Yeah, that, that's what that's the draw of fantasy. That's the draw of just generally being a sports fan is to be competitive, and we want to win. I want to beat you. You want to beat me. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where you get into those conversations about mental well-being, where competitiveness, like, where is that balance? Because I believe part of the juice it's like being a fan of scary movies like a roller coasters it's it's that like that adrenaline rush and i'm kind of like well what what would what would be fun about playing fantasy if you didn't really want to beat somebody if you didn't have that rivalry so it's good you got to approach it from a healthy point of view yeah we talked about it in our fest podcast too but it's it's it is so much more fun if you can find even one single person to have a mini league with, right? Like just one yeah. other person that you can find. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like, you know, if you, if you don't have anyone like in your town or whatever, it's like just the, like a person that you, you know, at reply to a lot on Twitter or Reddit, right? Just ask them if you guys can join a, make a, do a head to head league together or find mm-hmm. three of you and you're all going to compete to see if you can score the most in the, you know, month of January. I don't know, whatever, like just find, you know, find something. Cause I think it really, if, if you're playing the overall rank game, it, it, it it's not quite enough juice for me either. I, I, I need like, I need that like feeling of that. I'm, I, I just did better than somebody I know, you sure. know, it's like part of the, yeah, part of the fun. That, yeah. yeah. And that that's us. And I think we're both the same there. And I think that it's true though, that there are a wide variety of FPL managers out there and some who just, who just want to play against the field, who want to play overall rank and that's better for them. So that's good. It's sort of like sure. what we yeah. often say about understand what kind of manager you are. And and then sort of embrace that and play that style, and then that's yeah. what's going to make the game fun. Yeah, and you know, and, and I, I'm I'm sure it's not fun. I mean, honestly, if you captained uh, Salah this week, uh, you're probably not listening to this week's pod, Brandon. You're probably uh, <laughs> you're probably I'm like not, I'm not co-hosting like, this pod right now. If I did exactly, that, yeah, exactly. Like, you're like I am taking a break, and I'll see you. You know, you know, I, I want people to still, I, I want people to, to hit the, hit the play button on your phone, Brandon, you know, so we still get the mm. credit for that screen, but just sure. play it silently yeah. next to you for a few minutes. You know, let's, let's, let's get that, uh, let's get that. It's uh, fine. You, you know, got work to locked. do in silence. Yeah. Just, uh, put <laughs> yeah, us on mute. Exactly. Yeah. Log it out. All right. So, uh, just quickly, uh, I did want to give a quick pitch for, um, Patreon and, uh, we have some new supporters this week, Joshua Bradley, Graham Plotter and Mike Wellman, uh, Graham Plotter. That's a fun little, uh. I love it. Graham Potter is up to something there. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be cool? It would be cool actually if if the signature had been like G Potter at Chelsea dot, you know, (laughs) dot co or whatever. (laughs) It's like when uh, Sam Allardyce supposedly became England manager and immediately renamed the Wi-Fi network at like wherever the England camp is. Big Sam. (laughs) That's supposedly a true story. (laughs) That has to be. There's like a documentary in that, right? Like what happened with Big Sam there? Like, 
like the arc of him. Maybe yeah. it's a movie. I don't know, like a feature, you know, just like the, it's gets called the King job Ralph. of his life, you know, and immediately just blows it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, so patreon.com slash always change where you can go to get, get our King Ralph insights and more. Uh, we get We do an extra podcast every week for our Patreon supporters. We'll do on this Thursday, certainly. Um, and uh, yeah, lots, lots to talk about right now. Um, and uh, you also get access to the Slack, which is, uh, you know, going basically 24 uh, seven soon to be a discord, Brandon. I've been promising this for two months and uh, eventually and yet you, you keep talking about it. <laughs> I am like, I'd never been busier. I can't explain it. It's, it's 2019 suddenly, Brandon. There's like stuff going on all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and, but eventually it will, it will happen. Uh, or you'll, you'll just do it yourself, which, I, which I'm trying to avoid uh, happening. <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support us. We do a monthly uh, mug giveaway for the top score in each month. And this month, just to give us a little extra juice, especially because uh, September was so tough on people, we're giving away a free kit to the top score in the month of October, you can join still. And if you join and enter the, the mini link for our Patreon supporters, you can enter into that uh, top score contest. Um, and the top score will just get, we'll get a, 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 a uh, actually, we're, we're still figuring out the details. Either you can go there, you can pick out the kit, and we'll buy it for you, or we'll give you a gift card. You can buy it yourself. Whatever, whatever. This is like sense. when but, my mom when my mom asks me what I want for Christmas, and I just send her a hyperlink. I'm like, here. Give, just buy this yeah, exactly uh, yeah just give us your address <laughs> give us your social you know it'll be it'll be it'll be fine did, did we, are there social security cards in the uk i don't know they must have some kind of card like that right like Something we have like in, the, that, yeah. in the u.s mm-hmm. anyway patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go let's take a break we'll get back and we'll talk more about game week 10 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brad, we're back. Game week 10. This, again, a return to normalcy. It's like 2019 all over again, Brandon. I just have questions, just, just questions about fantasy uh, that uh-huh. we're going to uh, go through and answer. It's, so anyway, game week 10 in mind, sort of looking ahead to the next uh, few weeks in general. And so, you know, to me, once you get past the uh, does Holland ruin fantasy question, uh, the next the next big one is uh, what to do. Max FPL says what to do with Liverpool assets. Mm-hmm. You yeah, have, uh, I have, I have zero. You have uh-huh. two or three. You have three, right? No, I have two. So I dumped Trent uh, like okay. two weeks ago, right. and so I just have Luis Diaz and Salah. So I guess I, in a way, accurately predicted that the only uh, you know hay to make with Liverpool and fantasy right now is in the attack because 
the defense is just apparently there's no saving it right now. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and there can be uh, many different discussions had about why, uh, like Fabinho is, I, I'm not sure if he's being talked about enough. It's just completely out at sea right now in that team, not helping at all. Van Dyke, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So what do I do? So the temptation after game week nine is, uh, you know, I've got Zaha with an incredible run of fixtures coming up. Perfect fill-in for Luis Diaz. KDB is essentially unstoppable. And I, 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 he's, Mesut Ozil was at one time a fantasy asset who you could rely upon for returns just based on assists. And, it's yeah. incredibly rare to have a consistent FPL points returner who's not scoring uh, a ton of goals. And KDB only has one goal this season, if I have that right. And but but like his right? his wow. his actual returns, uh, yeah, one goal and eight assists. Um, eight assists. Man. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like and and so I can't really justify having Salah over De Bruyne right now, especially with home Southampton on the horizon. So having said all that, that's all well and good. Great, Brandon. Just go ahead and do that. Diaz, Salah becomes Zaha and De Bruyne. Easy. However, there is that looming game week 12 in which it is a blank for, uh, for City. So I think the calculation I'm trying to run right now is t- can I t- justify two transfers in that Sala spot? So Sala becomes De Bruyne for two game weeks, and then yeah. De Bruyne becomes either Sala again or another midfielder. Is that silly season? Is that dumb? What do you think about that idea? Yeah. I don't because here's the here's the crux of it. Yeah. The crux of it is we've been trying to at least going into this Brighton match and there were, you know, as yeah. you mentioned like stats tables and managers saying, "All right, Salah is at least a viable vice captain." Having watched that Brighton Liverpool match, it it is just compounding the narrative of Liverpool are entirely lost right now yeah and it's almost you can't like, wish this yeah. team to get back to their former glory so to justify yeah. or to try to to say well the returns are coming just hang on hang on it, we can't do that anymore yeah i mean it's sort of if you decide that game week 12 you don't need to captain mo Salah, i think it's a little bit easier if you decide that you know, Salah is going to be hugely owned and highly captain in game week 12. And you just don't want to go without it. Then the question is, you know, the next two weeks, you've got Southampton and away to Liverpool for Man City. The next two weeks, Liverpool play away to Arsenal, home to home to Man City. I would say those are, I mean, it's a little worse for Salah, but is it like drop a transfer worse? I don't think so. You know, I, I, I think you just got to stick it out now that you're now that you're in this position. I think that um, because, again, I, th- I I don't know. I mean, I guess I, yeah, I just don't love it because I feel like there probably are other spots that you could shore up in the in between. Right. You're talking about Luis Diaz to, to Zaha and you, you have Mitro now, too. Right. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, metro so is we, we might hit we might concerning. have a metro problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we might have a metro, and of course, just in general, like it's just so classic. Like I have like avoided metro like the plague for years, and yeah. we start so strong, and I bring him in for I think it's a one pointer and a zero pointer the last. So season. player like this every season. It was Reese yeah. James for me last season, where you know yeah. you'll yeah. you'll miss every haul. Mitra is going to be that player for us <laughs> exactly. this season. I guarantee it. So yeah, yeah so is he you hurt, by have... the way? Like, do you know? As a, as, a, as a Fulham supporter, do you have any inside scoop on the on the Mitro situation? Sure. So it's an ankle injury that he picked up with Serbia over the international break, and he played through it and uh, performed against Norway, scored a goal, and comes back and starts this weekend, and he aggravates it. So ankle injuries are just you know you, you know you it wanna, yeah yep. yeah and and they can they can turn out to be. Uh, they can turn out to be things that stay with you for quite a while. Like Harry Kane has dealt with this and, and other players. So I think Mitro, you know, he's a big, he's a big, tough Serbian lad. Maybe, yep. maybe we'll, I think we'll know one way or another uh, ahead of the West Ham game, how he's feeling, how he's looking. Certainly uh, if he's in training, I think that he will, play i mean paulina is the biggest issue for fulham so i think if you look at that defeat that fulham had this weekend that to newcastle that is largely down to their midfield just being uh, a wasteland without paulina in there yeah. so i, I, I how think many, how many red cards do we get this weekend was it three reds uh, out of out of 10 matches that is like that is proper no football for several weeks, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. right, rash challenges, uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. So, um, back to the Liverpool question. Yeah, there are there are various other problems that I should or could solve, but I I I'm interested in the idea of proactivity as a fantasy manager. And while I generally agree with you that. Sala is not really ripe for a move right now, just especially if yeah. you're looking to turn him into De Bruyne. And this is where like Spurs and Son come in. Like the perfect solution here would be Son continuing his goal scoring exploits this weekend uh, against Arsenal. But no, Son was again insanely peripheral to what Spurs were Weird. doing. And it's Richarlison yeah. is the one. It's like uh, he's like. It's incredible. I mean, like it's, it, we're really seeing, you know, who knows if it'll last with him, but we're seeing like the best version of him right now. Right. It's like, just like, cra like crazy work rate, like only flops, like strategically now, like as opposed <laughs> to Everton where it was like, everyone yeah. was like, just like nails on a chalkboard. Now it's like, yeah. ah, well that was a perfectly timed, like that's exactly sure. what you should do there. You know, him, yeah, uh, him, yeah. him winning the penalty was like, it was, yeah, as you say, it was great work rate. Well, won penalty. Apart from yeah, that, totally I am not in the Richarlison camp, and I didn't think he had a good match against Arsenal. Apart from that one uh, yeah. great piece of play Only to win the penalty, yeah, that, that that's fair. I'm not I'm not sure he was really responsible for any of the the goals. I mean, Emerson Royale, I, I got kind of roasted for my take that it wasn't a red, but I, maybe I've just been watching too much NFL. You know, it's like it just like throws off my <laughs> sense of what like a, the challenge yeah. is. You know, but. Uh, I thought it was, I, I mean, fair enough. It was a yellow. I, I thought it was, a. I don't know. What'd you think? Did you think that was a, a red card uh, challenge? Yeah. I thought it was a red, you know, studs, right. you know, rake down the ankle. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's easy. That, red. That's, that, that's fair. I, yeah. All right. I mean, it, it just like, I don't know. I thought it was, it just like play on, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's 
I'm like, that's, it's where, a Darby. that's where I was. All right. It's a Darby. Ga- on on yeah. the games gone scale, Josh is at a 10. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's not, a, it's not a take I'm like, like utterly yeah. married to, but I guess the, you know, if you decided that you didn't need uh solid for game week 12, then I think then you're in a position where you could consider going, you know, like, um, especially with two transfers, you could go solid, a solid, a Zaha, and um and then take that money and turn Mitro and can get Kane, Kane right you yeah. know yeah yeah and Kane is a big target and I think just he so going back to Holland so we're talking about how there have been various weeks where Holland has been outscored by other premium assets that said Holland has yep. still scored over the course of the season forty more points than any other the, the closest to him is Harry Kane, 56 yep. points to Holland's yep. 96. Staggering. Yep. But the reason yep. I bring it up is, is Kane has just been remarkably consistent. He has an attacking return in every fixture except game week one, in which he yep. weirdly did not get a return against a, in a 4-1 victory over Southampton. He was like heavily involved in that match too. It was just a fluky kind of... Yeah. 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 Uh, now, um, now, granted, he's he's not had uh, um, huge returns. Like 10 is his, his peak. But hey, I'll take it. So Kane is, for me, kind of like a bigger... Like the biggest target in the near term. And Salah is the key. And uh, it's, I kind of like want listeners to call in right now to give me their <laughs> their just, feeling I, I guess i just feel like it just feels complicated i mean if you do that move then you're basically committing to not having Salah for game week 12 and i just knowing you i i it's hard for me to believe that you're going to be okay with that and so you know i so i feel like if you could well, what about you so that, yeah for me it's you, easy i mean i've got i've got kdb i mean my goal is just to free up point i, I have point two million in the bank so i've got you know Three three game weeks, or you know, the game week 10, 11, and 12 transfers to free up like another 0.6 million, uh, in order to move KDB to Salah. And I'm just gonna do so that, fine. You know? uh, yeah. Congratulations yeah. on having the money. The reason I ask, what about you? Is mm-hmm. how are you gonna justify bringing Salah in at this point? Uh, I mean, it's just he plays, you know, they're playing West Ham at home, plays he plays Forest in 13. I mean, he's the best captain, I think, for game week 12 as well. I mean, you know, if Spurs played anybody, like, I, I just don't love that Man United away fixture for Spurs. I mean, it's it's okay, but like, I, it's, I don't it's, like it either, you know, honestly. Yeah. 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 And so, so that to me, then it's like, okay, like, who, well, who's the best team that does play in game week? 12 right it's liverpool at home to west ham and it's just like okay i guess like i, I guess i mean I, I think in your case you could if, if you if you were so if you, if you were so bold you know if you're so willing to do it then you could just you know i, I don't think diaz resting is like a in any way a, a permanent thing or right? i think it was kind of like a one-off recovering from ib or whatever um irritable, <laughs> international irritable break. bowel syndrome <laughs> yeah international break that not irritable bowel syndrome I mean, who knows we don't know what's going on in, you know, not in mutually the, exclusive yeah yeah exactly uh but i think if you decided you know what i'm gonna make this move and bring in zahan kane and i am going to captain luis diaz in game week 12 problem solved <laughs> then you just don't, yeah. and then you're just gonna yeah. you just go with him over over you know because i don't have diaz and so for me it's like that's not that's not really on the table but that would be I mean, okay, because I guess the question is, like, is, is Salah going to outscore everybody in Game Week 12 by so much? I mean, he's the only one that's got, like, the the, the high ceiling, even though we have not seen it at all this year. Like, he's we have been not, terrible. I mean, he has been terrible. Like, what? 
like are we are we honestly going crazy right now like building so yes, much that, of a strategy around him like it's, that's that's why uh, that's 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 why i'm pushing you uh, on this strategy and i do even even though i'm addicted to mo Salah like you are god help us yeah yeah i do think there is something to uh mo out for de bruyne in game week 10 and then bring yeah. mo back in game week 12 <sighs> Yeah, I mean, so I guess if you did it, then I would only go to KDB because otherwise it just you just it makes it gets very complicated, or then you kind of immediately have to base how, how all your transfers. On, well, okay, so let's say you let's say you don't go for, with KDB and you bring in um, Zaha and Kane, then game week eleven and twelve transfers have to be about bringing Salah back, right? Like you're not going to have five million in the bank to. to to move to him so then sure yeah 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 but what i'm what i'm suggesting is just very straightforward mm-hmm. that's his one position sala becomes de bruyne in game week 10 and you play yeah. de bruyne in game weeks 10 and 11 and then you transfer de bruyne to sala in game week 12 yeah i think that's fine i just to me that does feel like a waste of two transfers um when game weeks 10 and 11 aren't that much better for KDB than Salah and arguably game week 11 yeah. is even better for Salah than, than KDB or like roughly the same, I'd say um, it's really just game week 10. And then you're, so it's like, you're basically, you're like, you're, you're going to burn two transfers on the chance that KDB significantly outscores Salah in game week 10 exclusively, you know? And that, I think when you look at it through that lens, it's just not worth it, you know? So that's that's my two cents anyway. You know, that's I, I, but I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, uh, on the whole, De Bruyne sits 53 total points for the season or Salah is 43. So there's just 10 points that separate them on the season. So it's yeah. not like apocalyptic, uh, the difference no, between no. the two. And Champions League starts up again uh, this week. So we'll see what happens with Mo and KDB. Let's see. I'm pulling up the fixtures right now on, on Tuesday. Uh, you've got Liverpool hosting Rangers at Anfield. So it should be, you know, on the scale of champions league, kind of a, a downbeat. Match. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fun because they're both in the UK, but yeah, that doesn't feel yeah. like it's uh yeah. 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 And then city on taxi. Wednesday host FC, you know, Kobenhoven or, or what have you. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not European. Um, uh, so we'll just see who plays, how many minutes, uh, form, sure. injury, et cetera. Uh, that will help. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, you could see KDB rested, I suppose, um, this, this weekend or Salah seems less likely. KDB, it's possible. You know, we haven't even talked about uh, Foden yet. I mean, Foden has been um, terrific. I think that that third goal really, um, you know, it's like if it, if it doesn't happen, I, I don't know how like different the conversation is right now. It feels like it's still pretty KDB centered, but uh, but I mean, credit to Foden. He's been, you know, he's he's eight million. He's um, five goals. Credit to Foden. Yeah, hashtag credit to Foden. He's finally having the kind of fantasy season that we always thought he would. Right. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, it looks like he's going to blow away all of his previous previous numbers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got double digit goals and assists this season. Um, and you know, he's only 8 million. He's actually at his starting price right now. Interestingly enough, Kane is the same way. Kane is actually still down on his starting price, despite being, as you've said, I mean, I guess it's because of that, that the Kane to Holland, like, yeah, you can only have one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Foden is, I, I think the thing, the, the, the way my mind went to Foden this weekend, not owning him was, okay, now this is the way Foden makes sense. Uh, you know, cast your mind back to an incredible fantasy season with Sturridge, Sir, Sterling, and Suarez up front yep. for Liverpool. And you saw the way that all three returned and it all worked out. And this trio of De Bruyne, Foden, and Holland, you could see it like you could see the beginnings of it as this Premier League season got off the ground. And I think in the Manchester Derby, it crystallized. This is the attack. This is the uh, this is the messy Neymar Mbappe at City. And it's like so clear for Pep that his best uh, 11 has those three up front. And it's actually like amazing to have though to to have uh holland and foden concentrating on the goal scoring de bruyne is just cutting up the midfield figuring out what to do creatively and gunduan and bernardo silva uh just like um running circles around everyone doing all the the heavy lifting it's really it was remarkable to watch uh when you you put it that way it, it makes me feel like i really I mean, okay, let me ask you this. Um, this is a question that um, uh, Paul Pryor was asking about, whether whether we now want to actually consider removing uh, Cancelo for, you know, to, to free up. But, I mean, if you were on a wild card right now, um, let, let me give you the numbers real quick, okay? Because I'm curious, sure. if you were on a wild card right now, I, I assume, well, th- right now, okay, maybe right now, right now as in like this game week is tricky because Man City don't play in game week 12. But let's say, let's say it's game week 13. Okay. And, and, you know, so, you know, like a month from now, you know, and everything's probably gonna be different, but let's just say it happened. Um, you have uh, Foden, Foden is 8 million, five goals, three assists, um, started, I believe it's seven of eight. Uh, Cancelo, 7.2 million, one goal, one assist, four clean sheets, started all eight matches. So, Foden, little, uh, and in terms of total points, I think that they're they're fairly close. It looks like Foden's on 51, Kinsella's on 43. So Foden is outscoring uh, Kinsella a little bit. Of course, the 19 this game week really um, changes things a little bit. But d- would you would you have Foden or Kinsella right now? I mean, I'm assuming that, um, you, you know, based on everything you've said so far, that KDB and Holland would be the two that you'd really mm-hmm. be targeting. I mean, I guess, I guess there's an argument for having for for not having KDB right and having Holland Foden and Cancelo too i mean that would certainly give you a lot of extra cash yeah but i think you do go Holland KDB and Foden uh, for the reasons i kind of like laid out how impressive they look as an attacking trio and yeah. you know let's talk a little bit about Manchester City defense it it's not like i i can't fault their defense terribly because um, I mean, it's got to be a, such a head game for these guys to absolutely kill repeatedly their opposition in the first half and then wander out uh, of the locker room to play another 45 minutes, um, you know, thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner or something like that. I, I, I don't know. And like to Cancelo compared to Trent. Cancelo is, he's not like the best defender in the world, but he's not out there getting mugged off like Trent is on a weekly basis. He's putting the work in. He's at at least present. (laughs) He's at least present to make that penalty 
terrible penalty tackle, <laughs> whereas Trent yeah. would have just been like picking daisies in left field or something like Lost that. Lost that first Brighton goal, man. Ooh, that's that's tough. Um, so my point is kind of, and like I thought Ake uh, and the the Dortmund defender whose name escapes me right now, I thought they played, I mean, Ake, I think is having a pretty good start to the season. It played incredibly well against Dortmund in the Champions League. So their defense is good, but they're just like, there's nothing for them to really do. And this is like my concern about carrying Cancelo. Uh, if if what they're going to do is uh, just shoot the lights out in the first half and then lose their concentration in the second half, the upside um, is so much better with a player yeah. like Foden than it is Cancelo. Uh, a, a kanji, by the way, and I, I loved the announcers yeah. were having so much fun at the end of that match because it was so clearly over. They're like, yeah, like they're like, and kanji was was incredible today. And it's like, should we give him the man of the match? And then, you know, it's like, I think you can give a central defender a man of the match and a nine goal, uh, <laughs> nine goal derby. Sure, but, why not? But he was, I, yeah, I, I agree. He was good. I was actually thinking how interesting it is that there's just like this weird thing that Pep does with center backs where every year there's like a center back who comes to Man City and has an absolutely incredible year. And then that's yeah. like it for them. You know, it's like, sure. it's, it's like Leonardo like, DiCaprio with girlfriends, basically <laughs> yeah, Pep with weird. center back. You have Diaz, uh, Laporte before that, who was the one? He was kind of the shorter guy, you know, he had kind of a, kind of like a Odomende? thick neck. Odomende. Yeah, exactly. Odomende. Uh, you had Odomende. It was like every, like there's like, these guys emerge and then that, that's it. You know, it's like, all, like other clubs, yeah. though their center back will be, you know, Vincent company was like, he was the last one who was allowed to be like an sure. imperious permanent center back for, for man city. But anyway, I, I think I'm with you. I think, um, I think they're just going to score so many goals. And I think, I think you're the, I hadn't even thought about the kind of just getting slack defensively late, but I think, I think they're they're that that makes a lot of sense. Like that. They're just, mm-hmm. um, there's gonna be a lot of matches where they're up four nil and, they're just kind of kicking the ball around, you know, for the last 30 minutes or so. And it's that just, you put on the Harlem Globetrotters music uh, during the yeah. second half of that Manchester yeah. Derby. And it makes so much more sense, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to I, there are a couple of questions um, about uh, defenders. Brent. I'm going to skip down to the these defender questions. And uh, this is actually I, I think we haven't talked about him enough. But FPL hints. Uh, our, our friend Ash says, uh, with six fantasy returns in eight games, is Trippier the budget breakout star of the early season? I think so. I do. And just I think the thing you look for in defenders, particularly uh, sort of as Ash sorts of sorts of. Uh, sort of uh, positions that was a breakout stars. Where are they with bonus? And uh, Trippier has logged five bonus, and it's interesting where he's. Even though you pick Trippier up as a fantasy asset because he has also attacking potential, he's getting yep. bonus even when he doesn't get attacking returns. So against Fulham, four-one victory. You think in four goals for Newcastle, those bonus are going to be spread around the uh the attackers but because i mean trippier is helped there by the fact that he was subbed before the clean sheet wipeout i get that the glorious one of the great fantasy <laughs> moments is when your player gets subbed yeah, yeah. before the clean sheet uh, but you look at the first two game weeks of the season against forest and brighton uh also seven pointers each for trippier there with no attacking returns so he's he's just doing all of the things on the pitch that generate a, a fpl output 
so I agree. I think Trippier is uh, kind of a must. He's required. Do you not agree? Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, five point four. It's you know, it's interesting. He has exactly the same returns as Cancelo so far in the season. One goal, one assist, four clean sheets, uh, which is exactly what Cancelo has. Um, Cancelo has uh, two more bonus points um, than than Trippier, and so they're 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 separated just just by that basically. Yeah. Um, but he is uh, one point eight million more expensive. So uh, now, of course, you know you can't look at that you know just in a short sample over the course of a season. I, I think that Cancelo is still probably ends up the highest scoring defender um, just because he always starts for Man City. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's um, the question to me now, it's almost like the trippier question is resolved. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to <laughs> just have him because yeah. they're, you know, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's on set pieces. He uh, is attacking the, the, the defense is really not bad for, for Man City or for, excuse me, for, for, um, for Newcastle. Newcastle. Uh, the, the question really is whether you want to have two, you know, and I think that um, I have Botman right now and, I, you know, I think he's really one to consider. He, um, he's, you know, he's new to the club. And so his minutes like a little funky. If you look at them, you know, it's like, he's, he's missed a couple starts. He had a mild injury in game week eight. And so we didn't play on that one, but, um, but you know, he's had a, otherwise it seems like he's, he's pretty much, you know, locked in as that one of the starting center backs He's only 4.4 million. And the other yeah. real benefit, Brandon, we're talking about game week 12 is, uh, Newcastle host Everton in game week 12. So, you know, arguably the the best um, defensive fixture uh, for for game week twelve, and so I think that um, I think you know I think you could really consider having um, a, you know second um, a second defender. Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, I guess I I think I'd rather have Botman. Would I rather have Botman over Fafana? Um, Ooh, that's a tough the, one. And the other option there is you were so anti Fafana last week. I am, I am and, and I remain. I remain over, so. Over Botman, yeah, yeah. Guess who got skinned for that uh, Crystal Palace goal and robbed me of a Reese James clean sheet? It was Wesley <laughs> Fafana. I, I see you, Wesley. I'm watching yeah. you. Um, but uh, I think if you double up on Newcastle defense, Nick Pope has got to be the the second for. I just don't see fielding two outfield Newcastle defenders as a huge plus for fantasy. Well, it would be a thing you'd only do very rarely, but you know, sticking a sticking a four million, a four point four million starting defender on your bench is is not yeah. a bad you Fair. know move. I agree. Um, that's actually that's actually one of the reasons I think Foden is more appealing this year too. To go back to that for a second is because there are a lot of cheap players that you can stick on your bench this season and and actually get minutes if if you don't get um, any you know from one of your Man City players. It's going to happen to all mm-hmm. of us. It's going it's going to happen to Holland soon. Holland will not start a match soon, Brennan. I, I the, mark my words, it will happen at some point this season. Why? why I don't understand this. Well, why? there's just going to be some stretch of time where they have you know a. Uh, uh, it'll be like a, you know, there'll be a midweek premier league fixture, a weekend fixture, uh, a champions league fixture, and then another premier league fixture the next weekend. Right. And he'll have played the full 90 and three, and then those three in a row. And then they're going to play like, you know, whatever, you know, forest at home or something like that. And like, you know, he's, he's not going to like, it's just because Pep always does this. I mean, like you, you know, why would he be the first player who's immune to pep rotation completely? I mean, I know that it's young and healthy, but like eventually all of these guys, because they also have an awesome additional forward that they bought this summer who looks great every time they give him minutes. And eventually they're going to, he's going to tear it up in the Carabao cup. He's going to tear it up in the Carabao cup. I think anyway, I don't mean to plant that. I mean, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. This may seem weird to say, 
because generally I, I'm not into this whole like inside the locker room sort of thing. But I believe Holland plays when Holland wants to play, not when Pep says he plays. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I mean, I, that just sounds very unpep to me. You know, it, I agree. I agree. But I believe yeah. it to be true. That, well, yeah. Until he gives away the ball, you know, in one moment in a match. <laughs> we'll see. Pep we'll see. Matches we'll him for like three matches in a row to, to punish yeah. him. All right. Uh, a couple more questions. Stephen Curtis says, is Reese James a trap? You can't call him a trap, right? Because if you watch, so I wasn't able to watch the, the Chelsea game uh, in full. I, I started to watch it and then I had a kid's birthday party this, this weekend, Brandon. And, you know, these, these things you have to, you have to pay at least a little attention, don't you? You know, it's really mm-hmm. uh, to be a, yeah, an upstanding, <laughs> yeah. upstanding uh-huh. parent, you know? No, yeah. but I, I, you know, but anyway, I was, I, I couldn't watch the, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but I, I couldn't watch the game. And so I watched the extended highlights later. And it's like every Chelsea highlights package is like the Reese James highlight show. You know, yeah. it's like, he's involved in everything. Even if he's not the one who's like almost scoring or assisting, he's like setting up the play, right? He's like incredibly involved. And so, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. So what do you think? What's your your thoughts on Reese James? I think Reese James is great and not a trap. I hate the fact that basically over a year and a half, I have only gotten ones and twos and sometimes zeros from this guy. And I'm still sitting here telling everybody that he's, I think he's probably (laughs) the best right back in the league. Um, I think that he's not benefiting from Chelsea just being in, in a state of chaos. Uh, but no, I if you have Reese James, he's an easy. Just don't even consider dropping him. To me, I think he's great. We're going to get returns. The th- yeah. it's it's hard to stomach when he ultimately will provide you with that twelve point return. You're like, okay, well, finally now his like average weekly return is roughly like I don't know four point eight. Still pretty yeah. good, but still pretty. Um, good. Yep. I yep. would like it to be a little more rock star than it is. But yeah, all that said, I mean, if Reese if Reese James uh, goes to Man City, well, I don't know why he would do that. But um, uh, <laughs> we're just if you were just on crazy a, speculation on this week's pod, yeah, I mean, just put Reese James on the like a, a hypothetical best team on planet Earth, and uh, he, you'd not be able to stop him from returning FPL points every week. Uh, I'm sad that I don't have him right now because I that this Wolves game and game this Wolves match in game week ten Wolves without a manager now uh, have no Wolves one have been score. without a manager for roughly uh, a year <laughs> yeah, now. True. So yeah, you know sometimes these like sa- these post sacking matches are, are kind of like they they can go one way or the other, right? Like the yeah. team rallies and they score a couple quick ones and or or they just get they just give up completely. So we'll you know mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens this this weekend. Um, all right. Well, that that's uh, I got one final question here. Um, you do just just before we move on from that, uh, you yeah. do you did miss the narrative of Diego Costa playing against Chelsea for Wolves. There's really no way in which Costa <laughs> does not score against Chelsea. There's I, no way he's going to score. I kind of blocked that transfer from my memory. I, f- I forgot that was even like a thing. He did, yeah. So he came out and played thirty-two minutes in the in the West Ham match. So we, you'll probably get a start now. I would think. Yeah, he, uh, he had one move. One. They like they looked remarkably better, and it was actually a sight to behold with Adama Traore and Diego Costa on the pitch at the same time. Like these big dudes with just 
I mean, I, I want like, I want, I want my football players to be bigger, make them bigger yep. is, is yep. what I'm you asking. You want it to for. look like the, like, like weird science, like computer, like just make everything bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want big head mode from NBA jam. <laughs> <laughs> there was like I, their, their best, their best attack wolves was, uh, was down to Diego Costa. So I think he's got potential there. All right, Brendan, I'm going to skip down to one final question here. Uh, It comes from Jamie, and uh, I thought it was a nice way to end this week's pod. He said, would you be able to expand your thoughts on patience? Okay. And I'm not talking about the Guns N' Roses song here, Brandon. So I'm quite, although I have have thoughts on that too. One of the the great, uh, quiet, loud kind of songs, you know, that uh, I've been walking the streets at night, you know, at the end there. It's a great, at the end of that song. Uh, He says, I'm quite a patient player, but we was burned this week by not being patient enough. Since I sold Bowen after his blank versus Everton. Mm -hmm. You've said recently you think patience is overrated. Why is that? Is there a one-size-fits-all rule for how patient to be on a player you're waiting for a return from, or should you decide on a player-by-player basis? So I have talked about this, Brandon, but I want to open it. I'm going to open this up to you first and ask you where you stand, circa October 2022, <laughs> on the idea of patience. Mm-hmm. And well, patience, patience is like. Uh, code word for hindsight so when you talk about (laughs) right you're like well i wasn't patient enough because that player returned like you absolutely made the right move with bowen because west ham were looking tired and dire and bowen it was it wasn't clicking and it's because bowen returns this week uh it doesn't mean that you made the wrong move well let's see what bowen does over the course of the next month because if you kept Bowen for his his uh, goal and assist, then you continue to keep him. Yeah. What you want to uh, patience should say to you in this respect: I need to be patient. That because you, know, you can make this, you can twist this argument any way you want. Could patience be? I need to be patient that the mo- that the decision to get rid of Bowen was the correct one. And that's not necessarily going to bear out to be true within the one game week in which Bowen suddenly magically returns. Let's see what happens over the next four weeks. Uh, and it's very Bowen specific right now. It is very Bowen specific, but I think it is. It's, it's also, it could be any player. Um, patience usually means you're just like, uh, kick in the dirt, waiting for something to happen. And that is how you lose ground in fantasy. So this is why I was pushing you and spending so much time on the whole uh, Sala to De Bruyne back to Sala argument, because I do think that there's something to the just jump as quickly as you can to the hot asset yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, or uh, hot in form asset, I should say. Um, because you have to move fast, particularly if you want to climb rank. And, um, if you, if you're just going to sit around waiting for a 12 point return like that Bowen, I don't know how, how, whatever points return he had, it wasn't worth waiting for. I'll tell you that much. Uh, (laughs) it would have been great to have it in the week. I would have loved to have Bowen's points instead of four from Luis Diaz. Of course. Um, but uh, I think that, yeah, ultimately what you're talking about usually with patience is hindsight. So I don't know. What, where, are you, yeah. where are you at with patience? 
Well, I mean, I guess I, I can't remember the context in which I said this, but I, I think I, you know, my, I, I guess what I probably meant was that I am less patient when it comes to the idea that fixtures will save a player, you know, like there's a player in my team and I'm sort of hanging on because I've got a really good fixture coming up, you know, or a good run. Um, fixtures do fix form for sure, but I feel like, um, I guess in general, the only players that I would really, that I, that I'm really patient with are players that have a very strong historical track record, very strong, you know, and almost everybody else I'm willing to, to move on strong and, and sustained, you know, like over like multiple seasons, ideally, you know, uh, otherwise like, like we're still talking about Salah on this podcast despite the fact that he has not been good in the entire year of 2022. Right. And mm-hmm. that's because we have learned to be patient with him because he's, he is such a sustained record of excellence. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when you make a transfer, you know, like I brought in, um, forgetting his name right now. That's, that's how, that's how much he, that's how done I was with him after I made this move, Brandon, but Brendan yeah, uh, Aronson, Brendan, Brendan Aronson, right. Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Aronson a, a handful of weeks ago and uh, it didn't work out. And I just, he was just gone after two weeks, you know, it's like you just, so I have no patience with my own transfers unless, um, unless I I'm bringing in like, like a blue chip level, you know, player, like somebody that I know, like if I brought in Cancelo and Cancelo had three blanks in a row, that still wouldn't really change my opinion on him. Right. Uh, I know the man city has a great defense. I know that he's a great fantasy asset. It's a great sustained run of, of excellence. I'm not going to let any, you know, number of fixtures dissuade me. If I bring in someone, I'm more of a flyer, right? Like if I brought in Dallow or something like that, it just didn't work out for a few weeks. I would not be patient with him. I would not be like, Oh, the fixtures are good. Are good coming up. I just be like, yeah, he's, he's gone. It was a bad transfer. I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to. Dallow is Dunzo. That's what you'd say. Dallow is Dunzo. That's, 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 a, that's what the New York post would say, Brandon, at the top of the headline. But, but mm-hmm. I think, I think that there are certain people who fall in love with their own players a certain fantasy managers fall over their own players and have a lack of optimism about what's out there. You know, they sort of can tell a story about how the player that they keep, and this is what you're talking about with Salah a little bit. I, I grant you, mm-hmm. I think the Salah case is unique because of this game week 12 situation. I think in general, I think it would be fine to get rid of Salah, but I think game week 12 warps things a little too much. Um, and so, but I think in general that people can build a narrative for why their player that they're holding on to could still do something and why, things might not work out for the player they're going to bring in, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that is something that, and they're like, I just want to be patient with this player or whatever. And usually it's just, that they're not, they don't want to commit to the transfer. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to commit to a, a decision uh, on somebody, you know? And so I think that, I think in general patience is a like kind of, maybe this is what you're getting at with, with, um, with hindsight a little bit, but to me, patience is often a, like a word for like, I, I just too nervous, you know, <laughs> to like make a transfer here, you know, and sure. I'm just going to, it's I'm easier just gonna, to just not yeah. break up with that girl. Um, yeah, exactly. It's easier just to go out on a couple more dates and think, all your it's problems gonna are just going to yeah. magically go away. Yeah, we got some trips uh, coming up, some vacations. You know? <laughs> surely. Yeah. Surely a vacation is going to solve this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell you what, it feels great when you finally, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it feels great for those women when they ultimately broke up with me, Josh is what okay. I'm trying to say, but here, here's how I'll wrap that. Here's how I'll wrap this up. This, you know, this is like, it actually ties back to Erlen Holland because 
once you finally give in and just have Erlen Holland, the next time he goes off, which he probably will as soon as this next weekend, it will feel really good, right? Like you will have just, you know, like stopped being sort of, I don't know, like maybe patient with like an algorithm that, that continues to tell you that Mosala is the preferred choice over, over Holland. I'm not. Thanks sure algorithm. Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really going anti-algorithm. I don't mean to, because I actually, <laughs> I think F- FPL review in particular has been wonderful this season. I've loved using it. I think it's a great tool. So I don't want to sound like I'm in any way denigrating um, the, the stuff, but um, I, and to me, I think we now, it, it should be part of the fun for everybody. Like, Beating the algorithm is satisfying, but you talk about having people that you want to beat, you know, <laughs> beating the algorithm. How about is a robot? Like, <laughs> it's great fun. You know, like, I mean, it's like when people are like, oh yeah, like, God, I, the algorithm, I, I knew I should have gone with Holland, but the algorithm told me I couldn't, you know? And it's like, that's so satisfying when you, when you beat the algorithm, how could it not be? What are you rooting for deep blue versus Gary Kasparov and the, the chess matches, you know, it's like, it's like root for the, no, root for the human, you no. know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah but also like I use an iPhone, a chess you know? refer- like, <laughs> reference that is not anal bead related. Not, I appreciate Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that, that's, that's where I come, Jamie, if you want to, uh, you know, become a Patreon, I don't know, maybe you are already Jamie, but, uh, come become a Patreon supporter and let's talk about it more, uh, on the Slack. Um, so, uh, Brandon, thanks so much for, um, Thank you. I know. I don't. I'm, I, there's no reason for me to thank you, and I never will again. Please don't. Uh, but thank you to everyone who, for listening to this podcast. If you want to talk with us more, get the extra podcast each week. Uh, get that. You know, get into that mug giveaway and the kit giveaway. Go to Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysCheating. Uh, Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah, big thanks to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Barley, Mikey Uong, Shirt Marjoria, Andy Partlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volger, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herdsig, Keith Cram, Roberto Morals, Thomas Tislov, and you could be next. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash machine. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> I called out people uh, rating our podcast on Spotify and Apple five stars. And lo and behold, Josh, we got a few more. And uh, oh, that's great. Know, pr- prayer hands emoji. That's so fun, satisfying to see and uh helpful for the podcast so you know patreon's not your thing just give us five stars and that's that's thanks enough also follow us on twitter at hell cheaters visit us at alwayscheating.com for all this information and more all right thanks everybody and uh, good luck in game week 10 bye Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.